Hi everyone, it's Mr Layton again. Um, this is going to be quite a big one. I'm going to try and cover ethics in sport, drugs in sport and violence in sport under the same umbrella. Um, might be a little bit longer than my 10 minute kind of window. Um, I know I've gone kind of a 17 minute one prior to this. Um, hopefully try and keep it down, keep it to maybe about 15 minutes. But trying to cover as much as I can within the time that I've got. So, strap yourself in. Um, we're going to start with ethics in sport. Now, within our lesson, one of our learning objectives was to understand ethics within sport and hopefully be able to use practical examples to explain the value of sportsmanship and also some of the reasons for gamesmanship and deviance in sport. One of the main things that we'll look at here is the potential link to role modelling, gamesmanship and sportsmanship. Sportsmanship is fair play. It's a set of unwritten rules or code of behaviour that a player stands by when competing. For example, shaking hands before a game or after a game, bowing to each other in a martial arts, shaking hands with a referee, things like that. Following the rules and accepting the rules of an official, there that's been one of the things that massively comes into um, comes into doubt as sport kind of moves forward. We've got a link there to media in that as soon as sport becomes really, really high level, um, the media can potentially have an influence on the importance of the result uh, and also how performers feel like they have to behave when they're on television. Some examples of sportsmanship then. Certain sports have a reputation for high or low levels of sportsmanship. For example, things like golf, tennis, cricket, boxing have all got quite high levels of sportsmanship. But as media and the importance of the result and fans have more of an impact on sport, things like football, rugby league and even things like rugby union, the levels of sportsmanship can start to go down. Some examples of sportsmanship in football and rugby then. Um, things like kicking the ball out of play so an injured player can receive treatment. And also after the match in rugby, both teams forming a tunnel to clap each other through. These things are examples of sportsmanship within football uh, and rugby. These are really, really important to kind of grow those games and grow how well, they, um, how well they're perceived. Things like putting an opponent in the recovery position, you sometimes see that um, within rugby league and rugby union. Um, although it doesn't happen quite often, admitting when a, a handball or you're offside or if a goal shouldn't have stand, uh, stood. And obviously we're starting to see more and more kind of diving in sport. Um, sportsmanship's really, really important moving forward. And we need to make sure that we understand the difference between sportsmanship and gamesmanship. Okay, so there's been a decline in sportsmanship because of the large emphasis on winning. There are an increased monetary rewards for doing well, for example, more wages and more sponsorship deals. And we're also getting to this kind of mentality, and it's a very Americanized mentality of winning at all costs. The media plays a massive role in this because they hype up events, uh, mid-season games or derbies, as if they are the deciding fixture so fans and players react, uh, react alike. This is where we start to see things like gamesmanship 
gamesmanship is slightly different to sportsmanship as it is the bending of the rules to gain an unfair advantage over an opponent. This is usually tactical and a bit unethical. For example, sledging in cricket, that's trying to put a batsman off. Again, it's not massively against the rules, but it's seen as ungentlemanly or unsportsmanlike. Other examples of gamesmanship are taking an injury timeout in tennis to stop an opponent's momentum, standing in front of a player, uh, a snooker player as he lines up the shot, faking an injury to waste time at the end of a match when you're winning, or grabbing or holding an opponent in boxing and allowing yourself to recover and prevent punchings. Furthermore, from deviance, sorry, from gamesmanship is deviance. Deviance in sport is cheating. This is the breaking of the rules, often with illegal behaviour. This can be some anything from out and out violence, um, for example, uh, punching a player um, that we saw in the Super League Grand Final when Ben Flower uh, punched the St. Helens player, knocked him unconscious, and that St. Helens player never recovered. Equally through to taking performance enhancing drugs, for example, the Lance Armstrong incident, where Lance Armstrong admitted after a long period of time that he'd been cheating for years and that other people had been helping him cover it up. Some other examples of deviance are an intentionally high or late tackling rugby, fighting during a match or an event, supporters fighting, for example, hooliganism, match fixing, bribery of officials and other players. Reasons for deviance are gamesmanship in sport, wanting to win with an unfair advantage, pressure from the fans, teammates or sponsors, where winning has become the only option. So, let's look at some questions. In this part, you may see anything from a one mark all the way through to a six mark question. So I ask if you want to pause this podcast and attempt a question, that'd be fantastic. Question one, which of the following factors does not affect participation in sport? Disability, diet, ethnicity, or role models? Question two, the graph below shows a participation rate issue. Identify what the issue is and explain two reasons why this may exist. What we have is male and female participation moving from 30 and 40% in 1998 through to 50 and 70% in 2014. What may some of those issues be? That one's for four marks. Which of the following is true? Professional female golfers earn more now than professional male golfers. Tennis is the most popular participation sport in the UK. As age increases, the probability of sports participation in decreases. Taking part in sport as a child has no significance to taking part as an adult. Question 4 for 6 marks. Describe three ways the media may promote sport. Question 5 for 4 marks. During the football match, a footballer may display gamesmanship or sportsmanship. Describe the difference between gamesmanship and sportsmanship with sporting examples. Question 6. Assess the importance of elite sporting performers demonstrating sportsmanship in high-profile sports such as football. That's for 6 marks. Question 7. Describe two reasons why a player in a team sport 
may be violent. Fantastic. Okay, so take yourself a little pause, uh, hopefully attempt them questions, and um, we're going to move on now to our next section, which is going to include drugs in sport. So, key three things that we need to understand about drugs in sport. We know, or you should know from your lessons, that you only need to know three performance enhancing drugs and give the correct definition for each of them and hopefully be able to apply your knowledge of performance enhancing drugs to various athletes. What you may get on this section is a contemporary example. For example, the Lance Armstrong case, uh, maybe a rugby league player with it from a uh, professional rugby league. You may have uh, one where we're talking about recreational drugs um, or just something that has massively improved a younger person's performance but obviously is against the law. Performance-enhancing drugs come in many forms, such as medical, recreational, or performance-enhancing. Many performance-enhancing drugs are banned in sport due to their ability to have a positive effect on performance and give the taker an advantage. The drugs banned may vary from sport to sport, and it's the performer's responsibility to know their sport's anti-doping regulations. Some of the reasons for participating in enhancing uh, sports sorry some of the reasons why performers would participate in the taking of performance enhancing drugs they are as follows they have a desire to win at all costs they lack moral boundaries and don't think that it's wrong they might not be good enough naturally taking them will result in more success media attention or money they're influenced by others for example coaches or teammates or they feel under pressure to win the three that we need to know, first one is anabolic steroids, second one is beta blockers, third is stimulants. Anabolic steroids are drugs that mimic certain natural hormones in the body. This controls how the body works and develops, for example testosterone. Some of the effects on performance are increased muscle growth, increased strength, repairing muscles quickly and allowing you to train harder and longer without getting tired. Some of the side effects are increased aggression, liver and heart damage, and females developing male features. Sporting examples, anabolic steroids could be used to benefit performers in athletics, for example, power events such as weightlifting, equally things like rugby league, American football, things like that, things that require bursts of energy and also potentially that burst of aggression. Beta blockers are drugs that control the heart rate by blocking hormones such as adrenaline. The effect on performance is that it slows down the heart rate, having a calming and relaxing effect. This also slows down adrenaline production. Side effects can include heart problems, low blood pressure and a weakness or nausea. Sporting performers who would take beta blockers are things like golfers, guys who do archery, or snooker players, these are people who require steady hand or fine motor control for things like target sports. Stimulants are the opposite basically of beta blockers. These are drugs which simulate the, sorry, stimulate the body physically and mentally. Examples of things like these are found quite uh, innocuously maybe in your kitchen. For example, caffeine, things like coffee. Uh, moving forward, maybe a little bit further up the scale of things like nicotine and then towards the more severe end of the scale would be things like cocaine.
Effects on performance, this is increased alertness, reduced tiredness and increased endurance. Some of the problems that go with these as side effects are raising blood pressure, they're very addictive and they can cause heart failure. Sports which will require stimulants. These are things which require a sprint start or things which require quite a flurry of activity. For example, cycling, 100 meter sprint or boxing. Okay, some case studies then. Dwayne Chambers in 2003 was banned from a, taking a performance enhancing drug. This led to a two year ban from athletics. Dwayne Chambers being a sprinter would need something that would allow him to get off the blocks but also allow large muscle growth. Which drug do you think he would have used? And also, what effect would this drug have had on his performance? Next drug, performance enhanced drugs case study is North Korean sports shooter Kim Jong-soo, who tested positive for a performance enhancing drug. He had to give back his silver medal that he'd won at the 2008 Olympic, medal, uh, sorry, Olympic Games. Which drug do you think he used? What effect would that drug have had on his performance? And finally, Jamaican sprinter Asafa Powell in 2013 tested for a performance enhancing drug. He was banned for 18 months, but this ban was lifted after a successful appeal. What drug do you think he will have used? What effect do you think this drug will have had on his performance? So, advantages and disadvantages of taking performance enhancing drugs. Some advantages, the increased chance of success, fame and wealth. These are things where we link very closely to the media in that successful performers get better sponsorship deals, they get seen more on TV, they get allowed to be or afforded to be role models or people who are elevated in society. Some of the disadvantages then, there are many health risks. The fact that it's cheating and immoral and these performers may feel bad about this after um, maybe a period of time, for example the Lance Armstrong case where he was inconsolable after he kind of come out and said that yeah he'd been taking performance enhancing drugs for a long time. Fines and bans for performers who are caught which will massively damage their reputation. So, the effect of performance enhancing drugs on sport. Governing bodies of sport work hard to eliminate the problem of drugs or drug taking within their sport. If there is a drug problem in the sport, it can cause the sport then to gain a poor reputation. That sport may be become known for cheating and may affect people watching or participating in it. Equally, that could link all the way back down to the chain and teachers or coaches and their willingness to teach or coach it, which is going to diminish the amount of chance or the possibility of people performing in it. The sport can then lose its credibility. For example, a couple of years ago, there was a real problem with drug taking, there probably still is, in the Tour de France. The reputation, the credibility of how successful or how important that race is, has been diminished over the last 10 years. Okay, that's the end of the drugs in sport. We're now going to move on to our final part. Thanks for staying with me guys so far. Um, our last part we're going to look at is going to include violence in sport.
So, hopefully you're ready. Violence in sport then, our lesson objective from the time, was to know and understand the reasons for player violence in sport. Being able to fully understand the reasons and practical examples of player violence and also discuss the possible solutions to this. Controlled aggression is a fundamental part of many sport. Sometimes, however, this can spill out into an uncontrollable situation where serious physical injury can be caused. Violence is behaviour involving physical force intended to hurt, damage or kill someone. Why do players then show acts of violence during sporting contests? Well, let's link back to our media, let's link back to our role modelling, um, let's link back to reputation. We've got a massive link all the way through there in how players are shown, how players believe in themselves, what they, who they believe themselves to be, and also who they want fans or other people to perceive them as. Some of the reasons for violence in sport then. This could be pressure from the media, frustration, pressure from spectators, taunting the crowd or other opponents, as a physical retaliation to another challenge, a tackle or a verbal comment by another performer, over arousal during the game, being annoyed by poor decisions by officials, to gain an advantage or as a result of the influence of drugs. Some player violence case studies then. Luis Suarez being found guilty of biting an opponent. This latest incident or the incident from which you may get asked about in the exam could come from 2014. FIFA officially charged Luis Suarez with biting and suspended him from all football related activity for four months. Angel Matos, who's a Taekwondo player, who was a Cuban Taekwondo player, after losing a battle for the bronze medal at the Beijing Olympic Games, attacked one of the referees by kicking him in the head. Angel Matos and his coach received a lifetime ban from Taekwondo. Why may that have been caused then? So, some of the possible solutions to the problem. Technology, video playback, assisting referees. We're starting to see that more and more. It's been led forward by things like Super League, also uh, the RFU, being seen more and more in other sports, allowing fair play or allowing uh, referees to see what's gone on if they didn't see it at the time. Some rule changes, combating the ways players and coaches try to swerve the rules. More severe penalties, penalty tries, sim bins, yellow cards, bans, lifetime bans, etc. for players and for spectators who cause these problems. Education, national gov governing bodies and clubs instilling the ethos of fair play in their performers. Also, finally, greater numbers or more authority, so more referees, more umpires or more linesmen within a sport. You may get asked about data in this aspect. So what you may see is uh, a table, uh, how many players sent off at a, um, a well-known sporting event or it happening at grassroots and you then being asked to interpret that data. Some of the key things you'll get asked about there are the trends um, or what you can notice or what you can interpret from that area. So, Let's give you some examples of maybe some short answer one and two mark questions. Again, as always, 
read the question, listen to the question, and then write it down or speak it out loud, and I'll try and give you the answers at the end. Okay, number one, shaking hands before and after a game is an example of what? One mark. Two marks, describe gamesmanship. Two marks, give an example of deviance. Four marks, give two reasons why an athlete may take performance enhancing drugs. One mark, how do anabolic steroids affect performance? Two marks, give a sporting example of someone who may have used beta blockers. Two marks, how would using anabolic steroids benefit a sprinter performance? Two marks, a racing driver would use which performance enhancing drug to remain alert? One mark, why do sports not want people taking drugs in their sports? Four marks, give two reasons why a sports performer may become violent. Okay, here's our answers then. Answer to question one is sportsmanship. Answer to question two, describe gamesmanship, where the laws of the game are interpreted in ways which are not illegal, but are not in the spirit of the game to gain an advantage. As we mentioned earlier, this is bending the rules, but not breaking them. Three, an example of deviance. This can be an intentional high tackle, taking drugs, bribery, fighting within sport. Four, give two reasons why an athlete may take performance enhancing drugs. This can be fame, money, will to win, feeling pressured, and are not naturally good enough without them. Five, how can anabolic steroids affect performance, increase muscle size and strength, and allowing them to train longer and harder. Six, an example of a performer who may take beta blockers, golfers, archers, snooker players, shooters. We can class all these guys as that's right, target players. Seven, how would using anabolic steroids benefit a sprinter's performance? They would have an increased muscle strength so they could get a greater push out of the blocks. Eight, racing driver would use which performance enhancing drug? That'd be stimulants. They'd need to be really, really on the ball, really, those synapses really firing and really stimulated as the event obviously is very high paced. Nine, why do sports not want people taking part, taking drugs in their sport? Firstly, it can damage the reputation of their sport. Secondly, we can also see that media coverage uh, wouldn't want to show uh, deviant behaviour all the time, particularly if it's a seen as something maybe like a family sport. Ten, two reasons why a sports performer may become violent. They may become upset at losing, media pressure, fans aggravated at them, retaliation because of a, a poor tackle, poor decision from an official, or being over-aroused. Right, fantastic. Thanks everyone for staying with me. That is the, the end of this part of the podcast. Thank you very much again for your company. Any feedback on the Instagram page or through this app would be really well received. That was a long one. I'm going to have a little break. Thanks everyone.